It's This Week in Bourbon. Put your seat backs and tray tables up, because we're set for takeoff. And here's your headlines for March 4th, 2022. Russian-made alcohol is the latest target in the growing backlash with the Ukraine war. Kentucky Cooperage announces a $4.1 million expansion, and Woodford Reserve releases their 2022 Kentucky Derby bottle. But first, here's a quick word from our partners. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. And they're off for another Get 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Welcome back, everybody. Another great episode of This Week in Bourbon coming at you. We've got a lot of great topics to kind of cover, but hey, we finally get to start a show not making fun of how we say a particular wine cask or region or something like that. So I guess one week down, we'll see what next week brings us. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll just talk vodka. Not a... (laughs) (laughs) That seems to be the the looming thing that people are talking about. And it is a a headline to kind of talk about. I don't want to talk about a bunch of stuff, but the idea of the the Russian and the vodka and all this other kind of stuff, there's a lot of just news articles that came out and you just want to dive into it? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So let's let's go into it. Because as I said at the top of the show there, that Russian-made alcohol, it is the latest target in the growing backlash against the country's invasion of Ukraine. So far, officials in Ohio, Utah, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Oregon, and New Hampshire 
have all called on liquor stores to remove Russian-made or Russian-branded products from shelves. It's a move that largely targets vodka since that is the most closely associated with the country. But these moves are largely symbolic and actually may even miss their intended target because very few brands imported to the United States are actually still producing liquor in Russia. Many of the top-selling vodka brands that trace their origins to Russia are actually now distilled in multiple countries, including the United States. For example, some bar owners are protesting the invasion by dumping out Stoli vodka. The problem is that's only Russian by name, and it's loosely translated as the capital city due to its origins in Moscow. But the vodka is actually made in Latvia, and the company's headquarters are in Luxembourg, which is a member of NATO, and they have already spoken against the Russian invasion. However, brands such as Russian Standard, Beluga, Hammer and Sickle, Imperia, and Mamont are some of the few vodka brands that are actually Russian. However, Smirnoff is another brand that's being confused as being Russian. Although it traces its heritage back to 19th century Russia, the company has long been owned by British spirits giant Diageo and is manufactured in Illinois. And Russian-made vodka accounts for a very small percentage of the roughly $7 billion in annual vodka sales. And according to the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, it's just a national trade organization, they say that less than 1% of vodka consumed in the United States is actually produced in Russia. <laughs> This kind of reminds me of that article, you know, the MGP article, your favorite bourbon is not, or is distilled in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. This is like the same thing with vodka. It's like your favorite Russian vodka is actually made in Illinois. Yeah. Of all places, who would have thought? <laughs> I mean, this is one thing that it's kind of just goes to show you, don't read what's on the label. But I saw a bunch of people complaining about this too. They say, why would you go and dump it out? It's already been paid for. Like you're right. basically yeah. throwing away what you've already bought down the drain. Like, what are you going to do besides letting somebody else pay for it or whatever? I mean, the smart thing would be able to just take it off your store shelves, put it in a sealed case and in inventory. Whenever it does come to an end, then you can bring it back out. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but it's, you know, it's, you know, it's just not thought out but you know because most like you said most of these brands and companies aren't even made in russia or it doesn't even have any economic impact to russia so uh yeah it's the gesture is nice and appreciated but yeah it's just like uh, we're all ill-informed we're dumb <laughs> you know <laughs> that's what it comes down to and uh, there was another article that came out this past week that kind of talked about the the war and what it could mean to the drinks business in general. But we kind of covered that a lot last week when we talked about Ukraine being a lot of barley. Russia has a lot of wheat. Uh, there's a lot of other kind of raw materials that are produced in both countries as well, uh, including glass. So those are one of and the fertilizer and fertilizer that you've, you've kind of learned to learn this past week as well. So yeah, getting hit from all four sides, but it's okay. I'll be okay. <laughs> well, you had mentioned MGP, and they have actually come out with some more financials since, uh, you know, part of the Luxco acquisition, we can get some of this. So MGP Ingredients reports a record fourth quarter and full year 2021 results. So sales increased 65% to $166.8 million as a result of its sales growth in each of the reporting segments. In the distillery product segment, which is their growth in brown goods, in particular at aged whiskey, that continues to outpace the category growth with brown goods posting a 33.5% profit or growth for the year. Management expects market share gains to continue, complemented by strong pricing and strong demand environment in 2022. 
And new distillate sales were also up nicely in the quarter and the year. White goods posted 18.7% sales growth year over year, which is around 75.8 million, what is complemented by a 22% decline in industrial alcohol, which is down to around 63 million. For branded spirits, segment results were ahead of the management expectations for the quarter, with the sales of around $61 million reflecting strength in American whiskey and tequila, as well as solid performance of premium and ultra-premium offerings. But this is primarily due to the Luxco acquisitions, because now they have a bigger sales force. And the gross profit increased to $20.9 million, or around 34.3% of segment sales. So Ross and Squibb, back in the news. (laughs) Always, every week, Ross and Squibb. Yeah, I, I was reading through that article too, and then as you you got to the last point there about Luxrow, you know, and the Luxco acquisition really is what kind of catapulted these numbers. It'd be interesting. I'm still just so interested to see how MGP moves forward. You know, with being able to support the existing brands they're contract distilling for and support Luxrow and whatnot, uh, all those brands as well, because that obviously is increase their bottom line greatly in this first, just in one calendar year. So you got to think they're running 24 seven, right? Yeah. And, uh, gosh, and too, they're putting, I think, you know, at Lux row, they, they're going to double their still size there too. So they're going to be cranking out some, some juice, some more juice there as well. So, uh, yeah, they got to be running. Yeah. Cause I mean, even like Willet, I think runs three shifts. Now everybody's, just can't pump it. It's it's. I was in Barstown today, and I was like, it's a damn arms race here. Like, <laughs> everywhere you go, there's freaking just. It looks like there's just construction everywhere. Like music trucks going from one, you know, from Heaven Hill to Barstown Bourbon Company to Will. You know, it's like they're all just just building like crazy. It's nuts. An arms race. Yeah, I guess it, everybody's preparing for war when that when everybody starts really buying a lot of bourbon here in a few years. You would think right now we're in a the heyday of it and we don't have enough of it but good lord i think they're everybody's looking in their crystal ball and it must be clearer than ours because they're putting down a lot of money in all these different aspects of new barrel warehouses more stills everything like that we actually had talked about last week with mgp creating new warehouses as well so yeah i mean i'd be interested to kind of see how much more that they can take on with the contract distillation side with their own brands and, and everything like that too Yep, I'm sure it'll be in, they'll be in the news next week, mm-hmm. as they are every week. And Keep then, coming, squibs. Yeah, and then last week you had also mentioned we talked about the the looming barrel shortage of what that could potentially mean, and we kind of talked about this at length as well to kind of figure out everybody else is investing money into their their distilleries, but you haven't heard much of Cooperages starting to sit there and say, well, we need to probably start pumping out more barrels here, but. Kentucky Cooperage, which is a subsidiary of Independence Dave Company, they announced that they are going to expand its existing used barrel operation in Marion County with more than $4.1 million investment that will create up to 20 full-time jobs. This expansion will more than double the size of the current 28,000-square-foot used barrel operation at 715 West Main Street with a 41,000-square-foot addition. Oh, yeah, they went from 28 to... Oh, man, that's going to be like, what, almost 70? Yeah, almost 70,000 square feet. That's going to be big. So the project will provide increased warehouse and processing capacity to grow the number of used barrels serviced by the company. Leaders of the company anticipate work on the expansion to begin this spring and be completed by February of 2023. The Kentucky Economic Department Finance Authority in January approved the company for up to $150,000 in tax incentives. 
through the Kentucky Enterprise Initiative Act. Brad Boswell, CEO of Independent Saves, said in 2017 that they entered the used barrel industry by partnering with Tim Ratliff and the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel in Louisville, Kentucky. At least yeah, we can see something with all these used barrels you got to do something with. Yeah, it's probably all the backlog of toasted barrels. And <laughs> yeah, right you, <laughs> you use those barrels two times and actually what? No, if actually that's a good question. Can it be, it would still be Kentucky straight bourbon, but you would say finish in a toasted barrel, but that could be used multiple times, right? I guess that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that technically has become a whiskey specialty and not necessarily a bourbon by TTB standards at that point. But I guess if really? it's still... So like a 1910 is considered finished in something? Well, that... no, no, no. I'm just I'm just saying that if you use that barrel once, it's still considered straight bourbon because it's still into a new charred oak container. Even though it went to a new charred oak container twice, it's still new charred oak. Right. But if it was going into a once used toasted container, then... Then it's it a would specialty. Have to be, it had to be a whiskey specialty because it couldn't say that it's it's finished in something, but it would still have to be labeled as a specialty. But that's, that, again, goes into, you kind of have to be, you know, you're uh, pretty honest about it. Like, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't honest, know. Abe. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how many people are going to sit there and say, ah, you know, we did this. I've got to keep my Boy Scout Pledge of Honor here and keep going here. Yeah, because a lot of those barrels are just used like three to six months. You know, they're not very long for those toasted barrels. Yeah, and you can still pull plenty of flavor out of it. Yeah, so I think they they got to do something with that to, where it's just not, I don't know. I guess it should be a whiskey specialty, but I don't know. It seems wasteful. It's uh, it's a toasted craze. Let's keep going because there's, there's not going to be there's not going to be any stopping of it. People are just going to get more toasted craze. It's, it's just an extra word on the label. We just got to figure out what that next thing is and be before toast. I know. I've been thinking about that all night. <laughs> <laughs> what can be what can be the next toasting? Well, let's see. You know, we've you have some people out there. They do this like they kind of like grind out spirals inside of the barrel to have more contact yeah. or square foot or square inch per contact or whatever it is but i don't know we'll we'll, we'll have it something by next week we'll report yeah. back yeah. that's our homework we'll talk about some pr- other proprietary barrels that we can't talk about that's right speaking of proprietary barrels buzzards roost whiskey and americana singer songwriter ryan necci necci n-e-c-c-i i'm gonna say necci they're excited to announce their newest collaboration. But after being introduced to Buzzard's Roost Rye by a friend, Nechi was taken by the quirky name and the image of the buzzard roosting on a branch on the label. Next thing you know, he'd actually written a song called Buzzard's Roost. The song dropped back on February 22nd on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Pandora, and others. But in addition to the single, which did drop last week, the collaboration with Buzzard's Roost will also include live performances and appearances at retail stores, bars, and festivals where Buzzard's Roost whiskey is available. So Nechi and Buzzard's Roost master blender Jason Bronner also created a cocktail called the Buffalo Gospel Manhattan, featuring Buzzard's Roost barrel shrink bourbon, chocolate, bitter, chocolate bitters, and Maletti Amaro. 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 No, you've made it when you're... Your product has its own song now. Well, congratulations, until, Jason. Until it becomes a, a copyright issue, and you're like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we better partner, or I'm going to sue your ass." Who do you want to sing our jingle or our song? 
Oh, that's a, that's a good slander or something. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go that far. <laughs> you know, I I don't think the EDM category is gonna fit well a part of bourbon here. Uh, we'll have to. I mean, you're all like big. The on laser the, changes the barrels. <laughs> that's our next thing. There we go. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have lasers, light shows, and everything like that going to our barrels. Now, I think uh, you know you're big on what Tyler Tyler Childers Tyler Childers. So yeah, Childers 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 Childers. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Yeah, Tyler, he's good. Yeah. I'll we take have, Sturgill, Tyler. We got to find somebody uh, else. Ron Bingham. So we know what each of our Spotify playlists look like. It's completely opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kenny's Fog and Lasers. Um, more chilled, new, like old country. New yeah. Country. It's no bro country, though. I don't, I don't like bro country. You don't like the bro hop? No. No. But I do love Brad Paisley. Is he considered bro country, though? I have no idea. Nah. He's, he's like He's so. like the OG of country, right? I would consider broker like Florida Georgia Line or something or Aldine mm-hmm. or or that you know the Applebee song like the Apple whatever song you know like bougie like natty oh okay <laughs> you know, like do you know do you know what the new that I don't know the, I can't tell you the last time I saw an Applebee's commercial so I have I have no idea ah uh, what tell everybody tell him he's what he's missing what I'm missing out all right somebody yeah. you send me the link to the YouTube Applebee's commercial and I'll say all right i was wrong about this one again i don't know if it was it wasn't super bowl that was dr dre but it was like the afc like championship he was on there i don't know whatever i'm sure people are thrilled with this (laughs) this is amazing conversation (laughs) yeah well let's keep going because as the ready to drink boom continues diageo is investing 110 million dollars and expanding their diageo lincoln way rtd facility in plainfield illinois This includes the capacity to produce more than 25 million cases of malt-based beverages and spirits-based RTD cocktails, plus two high-speed can lines. Diageo Lincoln Way will produce some of Diageo's latest portfolio brands, including a malt-based Lone River Ranch Water and Smirnoff Seltzers and spirit-based RTDs from Crown Royal and Kettle One Botanical Vodka Spritz. This will employ 50 new full-time team members, but I didn't actually see a date of when it'll be ready. But 110 million, a lot more cans to go just hope it doesn't get confused with russia (laughs) since it's next to smirnoff yeah next to smirnoff i mean kettle one i mean that could be kind of close to thinking like oh is this russian i mean but it's it's in illinois it's probably the same plant it it, it has to be it it all is everything's all interconnected mgp of vodka in illinois I've even found out how even more everything's all interconnected over the past few weeks. We've been, I've been calling everybody in the industry as much as I can because we're dealing with some glass stuff and I keep talking to people and it seems like we're, it's like a a whole game of 23 and me where I keep figuring out that we're all these like distant cousins that all know each other, but have never actually met. So it's, it's like you talk to somebody and they're like, hey, go talk to them. Hey, you go talk to them. And it's like, wait, they just told me to talk to him. I talked to him last week. Have you talked to him? <laughs> so it's uh, it's amazing how close-knit this industry and is. And then they're the like, others. yeah, they're like, have you talked to them? And then you realize, I have talked to them, but they're under a different name that you gave me. <laughs> so it's the same people, just different names. <laughs> like, they didn't want to talk to me. You think you can put in a good word so they can talk to me? Right. Can, can I email them? <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble again. So we'll talk uh, a little bit about Texas here because nine distilleries have joined the coalition of whiskey makers who create authentic Texas whiskey. And this is whiskey that's produced entirely within the territorial boundaries of the state of Texas. 
So together with the Texas Whiskey Association, they have formed the Texas Whiskey Trail. This is a self-paced road trip experience visiting the leading distilleries in Texas. The trail offers free and paid memberships for enthusiasts and the curious. You can sign up and earn points for each distillery visit or become what's described as a trailblazer to unlock extra rewards and exclusive offers. On the Whiskey Trail, sorry, on the Texas Whiskey Trail, you can go from hill country views to downtown city uh, life visiting one distillery after another. And so during this, it was noted that you can also seek out hidden gems of food trucks, music, art, and as well as authentic Texas whiskey. So here are the distilleries that are part of it. You've got Blackland Distillery, Devil's Risky, <laughs> Devil's Risky, Devil's River Whiskey, Fierce Whiskers Distillery. I kind of like that one, Fierce Whiskers. Maverick Whiskey Co., Modisette and Sons, Oak and Eden, Shire Distilling, William Price Distilling, and Yellow Rose Distilling. You can learn more about the Texas Whiskey Trail at texaswhiskeytrail.com. So was I'm confused. Was there people in other states trying to claim they make Texas whiskey or something? Well, you know, there was <laughs> that like, there was that new TTB law that just came about that basically said what it is to become something that is a whatever this state of type of bourbon. So whatever is a Texas bourbon or an Illinois bourbon or Indiana or whatever it is. I would imagine what they're trying to do is it, it's, you know, people from Texas. They love Texas, right? And so I'm sure this is just one of those things that they want to make positive that if you are, you know, coming in and you want to get the authentic experience that you're getting a truly authentic product. And that means it's probably not coming from Ross and Squibb. They're <laughs> maybe, I, I don't know so how like well, I don't know how well corn grows in Texas. I don't know how well all these grains grow in Texas. You're going to know that better than me. Uh, I mean, corn's not bad, but like wheat and barley definitely no <laughs> yeah um so and the corn's a little bit different it's more of a yeah it's it's not as sweet probably but and it just says that it's produced entirely within the state i don't think that means that it has to be the actual grains but i also there was there was something yeah because i'm surprised there's not like balconies or treaty oak or but i know what well, i mean but balconies makes their own product right i think they a lot of them do yeah i i don't know i guess they should probably talk to the texas whiskey association maybe to figure how to get their name on there maybe i'm questioning this too much <laughs> <laughs> be like wait a minute yeah because they're not on there garrison brothers i mean there's a lot of them that uh, aren't on there but again depends it remember this kind of goes back maybe it's a whole thing are of, they trying to pull a sazerac like I was, we're too good for texas trail yeah i mean like because i'm sure it's probably what it is is Anybody that doesn't know the Kentucky, uh, yeah, the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, everybody that's on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail basically pays a yearly subscription fee to be considered part of the Bourbon Trail. And Sazerac, which is, of course, Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, all those other great bourbons, years and years and years ago, they're going to say, I don't need you to help our tourism. We'll just do it on our own. Oddly enough, they think they've done pretty well themselves, but that just is one of those things that they're probably the only ones that aren't a part of it, which seems really weird. So that probably is the case. They're like, we're already, we're already popular. We don't need to be mm -hmm. in Texas. I mean, we know that the, when you visit the trail here in Kentucky, it's like, you got to figure out, you got to go your Barstown day, you got to do your Louisville day, got to do your Frankfurt day. And you got uh -huh. some other Texas, things. you need a plane. <laughs> you probably. To say, yeah. I was like, get the Uber chopper ready to go. Cause there's no way that you're going to make all these, all these stops in uh, maybe two or three days. Yeah, Mint Julep would have to get uh, <laughs> some, like, helicopters and, uh, 
yeah, some little four-seater Vespa planes or whatever those Cessna planes. Or Cessnas, yeah, 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 yeah. Vespa would take quite a while. Yeah, some little scooter. <laughs> meet me, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, <laughs> two pairs of gloves the entire time. <laughs> I'm full. I, I got a beetle on the way here, or whatever. He's, I can't. Remember. <laughs> I love a movie. I uh, know we could we could probably spit off one liners about that all day, but we the do town have is that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. There's. There's, there's, there's too many of them. There's too many of them. Good day, mate. All right, let's keep going here. So the last sort of news story is actually coming from Montrose County, Colorado. And they launched what was called the Rim Rocker Trail, which is kind of actually the offered highway, or sorry, offered something for off-highway vehicles and non-motorized travel, basically for people that, you know, go to Moab and stuff like that. You want to take your Jeeps and do all kinds of crazy cool stuff. But their goal was to boost the Western economy. So officials reasoned that the 160 miles through Red Rock Canyons from Nucla area to Moab, Utah, would attract the same folks who pour into that outdoor mecca every year. Every year. But they likely didn't expect two unique travelers, which were 32-gallon barrels of bourbon, hailing from Swamp Fox Distillery in Buena Vista, Georgia. So all of it started uh, from... Oh, no. I know where this is going. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, it's it's... It's very much like a Jefferson's, we'll put it uh, Yeah. <laughs> so all of this started, uh, I, I copied and pasted, I forget the, the first, the, the name here, but his last name was Moon, and he said that him and his son's post-call, it was him and his son's Was his first name Buster? <laughs> Buster Moon? Uh, no, I do not know. I do not know that. I probably, I did a bad job of copying and pasting here. All I know is their last name is Moon, but it was his son's post-college bucket list to do something like this. So in between... His son's graduation and the start of his new job, he wanted a trip out west. So the father-son duo made plans for one that would include off-roading. And the barrels made the trip with Swamp Fox River, oh, here it is, named Britt Moon. It was close, almost Buster, but Britt Moon and his son Nathan as a part of this experiment. So Moon selected three barrels, and he filled them with a bourbon that had been blended the same. I have no idea what that means, but again, just copy and paste. One remained, oh, that's why, because one remained back at the distillery in Georgia as the control barrel, and the other two journey barrels came across the country with the moons. The particular bourbon went on about 5,400 miles in total, which 400 were about off-roading. But it also not only just had the distance, it also experienced a bunch of temperature swings, going from a range of around 30 degrees all the way up to 110 degrees. In addition, you had elevation shifts between the 11 states that moons passed through. They went from about six feet below sea level in Louisiana to more than two miles above sea level in Colorado. This year, the contents of those well-traveled barrels will be bottled into a limited batch and under a licensing agreement with Montrose County. It's branded with the Rim Rocker Trail logo. These will be sold in the Swamp Fox Distillery, and there's a possibility that the Rim Rocker edition could be released in limited quantities in Colorado. However, Moon said he does not anticipate getting more than about 388 bottles from the Journey Barrels. Who's upset, Brad Paisley or Trey? On this? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. This is a this is definitely a much smaller scale to be able to put it <laughs> going through uh, Moab and through those sort of off-roading things. But hey, that's... Uh, Got to have a little bit of fun, a little bit of uniqueness to it. Maybe we are. Maybe let's do. Maybe we do like get twenty-five gallon barrels, and we take them to Ultra at <laughs> Miami and, and let people rave with them. <laughs> just stand on them, we, and they'll be the rave barrels. Yeah, no, people just pass them around. You know, like shaking them <laughs> up and down. 
<laughs> yeah, instead of just having somebody go on your shoulders, you just have barrels on our shoulders or just walking around with them or something. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the ideas that you have flowing right now are golden. I hope we can make it happen. <laughs> this is, I love these news because there's so many just out there interesting ideas. It's uh, off-roading barrels and they t- taste different. Yep. Love it. I mean, they did say they tasted different and that's why they kept a control back at the distillery. I, I, I'd be but every barrel tastes different. It's, it's very true. <laughs> they did mention in the news article that said, well, these come from you know, the same type of oak, but, you know, there is a little bit of different variation, a little bit different evaporation level. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it, there is a little okay, bit we'll, of... We'll, we'll do some research and the one that was supposedly off-roading was toasted. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time it was toasted? <laughs> yeah. You gotta be kidding me. I guess next campfire, we'll do... <laughs> <it'll be> like, <laughs> we're going to roll a barrel around wherever we go. Just figure it out at some point. I'd be like, Throwing on the tri-tune this summer. There you go. <laughs> uh, now they already do River Age whiskey. We got to think of something better than that. Yeah, this is Lake Age. <laughs> this is Not Lake Age. Age. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it had, uh, yeah, it had said some some screams and some shouts of, of people driving by. The, the friendly waves of everybody that drives by when they have a boat. Have you noticed that? Like, everybody <laughs> has a boat. Everybody waves. So it's just like the friendly waves. Everybody just just captures it's that like, in the barrel. It's lake life. You're happy. It's like. <laughs> It's, it's bliss out there. So, yeah. I, <laughs> I think let's, lake life barrels. There we go. All right. The, the wheels are moving. We wheels got a, are moving. We got, a, we got a rave barrel for your playlist and lake life <laughs> barrels for my playlist. We'll see which one sells more. Yep. I'm, my money's on lake, but we'll see. <laughs> Probably. All right. We'll go ahead and take a break. Here, have a quick word from our partners, and we'll be back with some bourbon release news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. Welcome back, everybody. Just a little bit of bourbon release news to go through here. 
Now, there's a, only a few things that kind of touched on, and very little on a national scale, but there's some things that are on a, a very smaller regional scale. And since we're a little bit low, we'll, we'll kind of talk about all of them here a little bit. So the first one is for Berkshire Mountain Distillers. They're out of Massachusetts, and they recently released three new whiskeys distilled from beer, sourced from Longtail Brewing, Two Roads Brewing, and Chatham Brewing. They are now available in Berkshire Mountain's tasting room and across the Northeast. The three whiskeys are the final releases of a six-year collaboration led by Berkshire Mountain and includes the distillery, oh, sorry, includes the distilling of around a dozen beers from limited collections of craft brewers from around the area. There we go. And you know, speaking of craft brews and stuff like that, this past week I had an opportunity, I was in Denver, got to go check out Leopold Brothers. And I tell you what, there's there's some really cool things that are happening there. I got to try. They have, if you've never had a chance, definitely go and check it out. Just Google it called Leopold Brothers Three Chamber Still. And I got to see this thing. It is an engineering marvel because you know how a still typically works where you feed in the mash and you heat it up from the bottom and like that creates the vapor and then it goes to the condenser and then doubler and all that sort of stuff. Well, this one's different. Instead of pushing it up, this pushes it down. And it's like, you're like, wait a minute. And not only that, is it, it, it pushes it down into one chamber and then you have to hit the a release button and then like falls into the next chamber then you seal up the top and then it does it again like it's insane would how it, it actually would work. it be pushing or is it just gravity well okay it's gravity. It but i mean it's 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 in a okay you might have got me on that but i'm just saying like it's a it's just crazy on how they built it and the whiskey was something unreal So it's like an inverted still something like that Inside oh, out, but that is just cool. <laughs> it's, it <was laughs> Inside a, out still. Yeah. It was it was actually really cool. Uh, like I said, the did you hit really the dispensary good. before you went? <laughs> no. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but it had that. I had their their five year bottled and bond product as well. So all good things. So just shout out to Leopold Brothers for letting me come and check it out. It was a really cool, really cool experience there. Have we had their stuff? Or I guess obviously you have. I, I have now. We hadn't we hadn't previously, but it was it was really good. Plus they have their own malting facility. This is kind of why I started getting into the whole craft thing and the beer thing. Because what they do is they have they do all their own malting and everything like that. So they they show the floors and they bring out all the uh, you know all the grains and they malt it and then they have they bag it and then they sell the malt to other brewers in the area. So it's like they've got a other sustainable kind of business that's a part of it. But it, they had a, a pretty funny thing there because they said that they don't uh, cut corners. They add corners. So they just keep adding like all these other pieces to their business that it's just makes it more. It's just it's just more stuff to do, like owning every part of the aspect of it as well. So well, that's cool. Yeah, I'll be out. I'll be out in Denver. I need to check that out. Yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend it. So Copperworks American Single Malt Whiskey, well, they have a new release coming, and that's created from 100% malted barley and twice distilled in Scottish copper pot stills. However, this new one is crafted from nine casks of whiskey, and this is release 41, and they call it their most involved blend to date, and that one is the best that illustrates their pledge to always put flavor at the front and center of their production process. Although other Copperworks releases have been created combining different cask types, barley varietals, and maturation times, Release 41 was created with a wide array of whiskeys. So here are the different casks that they used. So four casks were distilled from pale malt and matured in New American Oak for 46 months. One cask was distilled from pale malt and matured in New American Oak for 41 months. One cask was from a Baroness Barley and matured for 37 months. 
two casks distilled using Queen's Run method. Mat- sorry, using the Queen Runs method. I don't know what that means, but that was matured for about 40 months. And one cask was distilled from pure malt, matured in an Oloroso sherry cask for 79 months. It's bottled at 50% ABV and has a retail price of $60. I heard that Queen's Run method's brutal. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I, I have no idea what that yeah, means. I have no idea either. I have no idea. It's like a cannonball run or something like that. But <laughs> Queen's Run, I, I'm just throwing shit at the wall. I have no idea if that sticks. Sounds good. Feel like yeah. American malt whiskey. If you like it, there you go. All right, so here we go. Our, our last two as we start hitting some of the, the, the wider tentacles of what's happening in bourbon here. So... Woodford Reserve is the presenting sponsor of the Kentucky Derby, and once again, it honors the greatest two minutes in sports with its release of the 2022 Commemorative Derby Bottle. And this year's bottle features the artwork of Kentucky native Jamie Corum. It's an equine artist known for her stunning horse portraits. So Corum's painting, titled Dreams in Bloom, features three thoroughbreds racing neck and neck, surrounded by a spray of vivid spring flowers, including the iconic red roses of Derby. Woodford Reserve also announced that it has partnered with retailer Williams Sonoma to help bring a favorite derby cocktail to parties nationwide. It's called the Woodford Spire, and that was introduced at the track back in 2018, and it quickly became a favorite. As a part of Woodford Reserve and Williams Sonoma's partnership, the Woodford Spire joins the line of co-branded cocktail mixers for sale nationwide that includes the mint julep and whiskey sour. Made with cranberry and lemon, the Woodford Spire is an official cocktail of the Kentucky Derby. And the Woodford Spire 16 fluid ounce bottle will soon be available at williamsonoba.com and other retail stores. The one liter derby bottle of Woodford Reserve bourbon are now on sale across the United States and the globe with a retail price of $49.99. And it's also available on reservebar.com. Yeah, that's smart to partner with Williams-Sonoma. Woodford's always, I feel like, just really good at hitting like a broader audience than just like bourbon people they're 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 really good and uh yeah i like that well and william sonoma is definitely more of a a a higher echelon an upper class type of retail store too it's like you know you're gonna go in there i mean the the coolest thing that i ever saw out of there was those jimmy buffett margarita makers that were like four (laughs) hundred dollars i was like that looks sweet but i'm not paying four hundred dollars to drink margaritas my father-in-law requested one of those for father's day one year i'm like (laughs) what i'm like how can you request a $400 margarita maker? But we did buy it for him. And it is awesome. We still use it to this day, but don't I mean, tell me when it's you're worth $400. Is it really worth $400? Are they $400 I mean, good margaritas? It's pretty, it's, it's the closest blender that can make it like out of it coming out of a, like a slushy machine. I'll tell mm-hmm. you that. And so if you like that consistency, it gets pretty close. So I, I will say that. I always but, just uh, figured at that price point, you might as well just go ahead and spend a few extra dollars and get a legit, yeah, but like those are like at fifteen hundred, aren't they? Maybe, but I mean, but you usually get two <laughs> of them in one, right? You get two colors, you get two flavors. So you got your whiskey sour in one, you got your margarite in the other. I, I mean, that's to me that seems like the better deal. But with William Sonoma, you're really appealing. I would, I would think the majority of their purchasing demographic is the the women of the household, and so you appeal to them. They bring the bottles home, get it to the men. I think it's a brilliant, you know, idea. Yep, it's it's a great store too. Love shop, window shopping around in there. Um, I know. You know Williams Sonoma, like I would love that, and then I'm like, I'm so poor, I can't afford <laughs> any of this. <laughs> You're like, I like my, my pants top from Bed Bath and Beyond are just fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my my Giada plant fans from Target. <laughs> <laughs> and so our last topic for the day, evening, run. Drive, whatever you're listening to right now, is that Sagamore Spirit 
has released their Reserve Series Rum Cask Finished Rye Whiskey. Now, this was first offered back in 2019 as a part of a smaller release that was offered exclusively at its Baltimore distillery. But for this year's release, Sagamore Spirits Distilling Team took a blend of its barrel-aged five- and six-year-old straight rye whiskeys and placed some of it in hand-selected barrels from South America and the rest of the barrels from Jamaica, aging for an additional 10 months. Once aged, the whiskey from both barrels were then blended back together, and it's bottled at 98 proof, and it's becoming available nationwide this month. And it has a suggested retail price of $80. And to find a bottle near you, you can go and visit sagamorespirit.com slash find dash rye. Yeah, we were with the guys from Sagamore a couple of weeks and they were talking about this. And all their finishes have been like fantastic. Like the cognac is out of this world. The, the tequila, tequila one surprised me like crazy how good it was. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully... Before we get a little sample bottle, <laughs> or I'll go buy one if yeah. there's in if it's in Kentucky, I'll definitely go buy one. There you go, SagamoreSpirit.com/slash/find-rye, and you can go and locate your own bottle. Support your support your Maryland rye. It was funny. I was actually back to the Leopold Brothers. There was another article that came out this past week by Chuck Cowdery. Everybody kind of knows he's a, a legend in his own right when it comes to covering American whiskey and blogging and news and everything like that. And he was talking about how the Leopold brothers using that three chamber still, uh, that's, they're actually creating a Maryland style rye. And he was saying, it's funny because you have Sagamore up in Baltimore, that's creating an Indiana style rye using 95.5. So it's like, it's like, who's, who's doing what over here? It's, it's all a little bit all over the place. Yeah. I guess, uh, Maryland styles, the, the higher corn lower rye, right? I would imagine so. It's just, we, we talked about on the podcast when we had, Brian and, and Ryan on and just kind of talked about, well, why does everybody choose 95.5? And they're like, you know, I do not know. I have no idea. It's a mystery. Yeah. Or it was Larry Ebersol that came up with it and all of a sudden just everybody just started following foot because it tasted <laughs> damn good. That's right. Yeah. But that is going to do it for this week's This Week in Bourbon. Make sure you stick with us. We're going to have another week coming at you next week with uh, even more bourbon news. But until then, cheers, everybody. 